0: It's not always easy to find the positive. You might even need to search for happiness. Sometimes, just a little inspiration can make the difference. Here, it comes from unexpected places. Welcome to the Tangential Inspiration Podcast.
1: We were discouraged with all the negativity in the world and decided to focus on finding some good out there. Welcome to the Tangential Inspiration Podcast with me, Teresa.
0: And me, Amy, we're two ordinary moms looking for inspiration wherever we can find it. So, Amy, what's been going on? Well, sick pooch. Yeah. But she's better. And went to see Lucy, Parents Weekend, down in Eugene. No, How was the weather? It It was forward Saturday. I was going to (laughs) say. So we did errands. And then Sunday, it was nice, and we walked the campus, and she showed Mm. us, like, where the classes were. And I got one picture of them by the big O. Yeah, So that was fun. Yeah. Good. I'm going to talk about an English high school teacher Kate Fletcher from Virginia, who is running to raise money for a college fund for seniors at the high school. Oh, she teaches that.
1: Very cool. I'm curious about that. I'm also so this is our episode 105. I'm going to chat a bit about Inky Johnson.
0: Oh, Never yeah. heard of him. I know not until I.
1: I had not either. He's a young man from Georgia who dreamed of getting his family out of poverty with football. Cool. He ended up pretty much guaranteed to be in the NFL until his dream ended and we'll talk about that. And then I'm also going to chat a bit about a woman. She's a woman now, but she was a teenager at the time. She survived a plane crash on Christmas Eve back in 1971. Oh. And she was pretty much the only survivor and found herself in the Amazon rainforest for 11 days and she survived. Wow. I know I've never heard I know. I That's never exciting. heard of her. So, yeah. <music>
0: I saw this amazing story about a 10th grade teacher, Kate Fletcher from Virginia, who's been teaching for 17 years. In 2015, she created Lion Pride Run, a scholarship fund for seniors at Louisa County High School, where she teaches English. Kate saw that many seniors weren't able to go on to college due to finances. She wanted to do something about it, so she created the Lion Pride Run. Her first run was over one day where she ran around the high school track and clocked 40 miles. Wow. I know. And then every year since she's made monetary and running goals for the scholarship fund. In 2018, Kate completed 400 laps around the school track, exceeding the previous year's goal. Kate partnered with a GoFundMe Studios to capture her 2018 run and some of the prep that went into it. It's not ten- it enough to be teaching. Teaching. I know. <laughs> I mean, it's How she a, all the time? I know, yeah. wow. I know, it's pretty wow, wow. incredible. She has a t- there's a ten minute video that features um, students running alongside her, and they're also um, segue to like her reading letters, recognizing her impact on them. Kate said they all understand what it means to work hard and to go the distance and to take the harder road in life and to endure for something that they care about, which mm. is super cool. In 2022, she decided to run from the high school in Virginia to the nation's capital in D.C., 105 miles over two days. Her fellow teachers thought she was crazy. That didn't stop her. And I love that she ran, and this reminds me of you, wearing a yellow neon tutu. Oh. (laughs) So that reminded me of you. I was like, oh, that sounds like Teresa. So cute. But So she said it mile 80. Her body just started to give out, and her little voice, a little voice inside her said she wasn't going to make it, but she'd been kind of in contact with, you know, with another teacher. So they just started to read message after message from hmm. students that had sent in kept and kept her going. Uh, just kept her going. So she kept trucking. She made it to the Capitol. Uh, Kate was greeted by the high school band playing oh Rocky theme song. Oh, awesome. Awesome. It's going to make me cry, but... And then I love that Kate told her students at the end of the run, your potential is boundless. I mean, it's just so awesome. She's raised over $70,000 so far. Oh, my gosh. And I just admire her grit and determination to provide these scholarships for seniors who otherwise probably wouldn't have the opportunity to go to college. So way to go, Kate. Yeah. You go, girl. I I, I want to meet Kate. Yeah.
1: I feel like every time I talk about someone, I say, Don't know where I heard right of this person. But we find them. Somehow. <laughs> I know. And this one is no exception because I I absolutely don't remember where I heard about Inky Johnson, but I do remember looking up a book he had written because I wanted to put it on my birthday list. It was called Inky, an amazing story of faith and perseverance. And he wrote that in 2011.
0: I love the name, it's just kind of I know
1: it's totally him. Like if you start following him, that it just it screams. Inky Johnson, but when I looked it up on Amazon, it was $75, so there was no way I was going to be asking my family oh, yeah. for a paperback for $75, which reminded me of, remember when we talked about Dolly Parton? And oh, I and her up books that, were expensive. Yeah, yeah, and that cookbook that yeah. I wanted. of That was a lot. Yeah. And when I went to look it up for this episode, just to remember what it was, it's no longer available. So someone paid that. And it's gone. Hundreds, you know, whatever it was to get the Dolly Parton cookbook. But this guy's story just needs to be told. I wish his book wasn't, didn't come with such a high price tag. Right. Yeah. Because it's a definite barrier for most of us. And I am curious. I need to ask my football friends if they recognize his name. I think I'm going to put a post on our Facebook group. People need to go join our Facebook group. Yeah. And I want to ask our football fans if they knew who Inky Johnson was. Right. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. So I'll do that. In chorus, Desmond Chade Johnson grew up in Kirkwood, a city outside of Atlanta, Georgia. So in chorus is his, his actual name, but okay. he, he goes by Inky, Inky or Inky. Yeah. That's fun. Um, he said Kirkwood had everything. And when I heard him say, you know, we have everything, I, suburb mom and me is thinking parks, yeah. restaurants, you know, nice zoo, museums, which is definitely not what he was referring <laughs> to, sadly. When he said that they had everything, he meant drugs, gangs, oh, yeah. and violence. His house on 125 Warren had two bedrooms. And do you want to guess how many people lived there? Two bedrooms.
0: I have no idea.
1: Fourteen.
0: Oh, gosh.
1: They'd take turns sleeping on the bed. Two at the head, two at the foot, and someone in the middle. And when they weren't sleeping in the bed, they'd sleep on pallets on the floor. Top it off, they had rats and roaches. Can you imagine getting any sleep? Wow. Not only are you on a pallet. But you
0: got scurries. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) Below. He'd run first... You know, to be the first one at the bus stop in the morning so he could shake out his backpack and clothes just to make sure he didn't have any stowaways. This poor kid. The door to their house was constantly being kicked in. It's because his uncles were selling drugs. So, you know, kind of common, comes with the territory. His mom was working a lot, often double shifts at the um, local Wendy's. And I don't even want to say that it was to make ends meet. I think it was just pure survival. Right to say that they're poor and that they were poor and struggling would be an understatement that they just weren't even coming close it, i just can't even describe his childhood and sadly too often that whole cycle of poverty is just too too strong to break but inky discovered football when he was 7 not that he could actually play football, because it's an expensive sport, but, and they couldn't afford any extracurricular activities, so Inky would be out playing in the streets with his cousins. They'd run light pole to light pole, you know, they'd use yeah. that as their, as their lines and whatnot. And one night, a blue truck pulls up and asks Inky and his cousins if they wanted to play football. Now, when he talks about this, you know. You're thinking Yeah, exactly. Stranger, Stranger danger. Like, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> he remembers the blue truck coming up. And, and of course, they did. They wanted yeah. to play football. But he they let him know, we don't have any money. We can't play football. And Aww. the man told them, you know, not, not to worry about the money, to just show up with permission from a parent or from an adult so that they could play. And he'd take care of the rest. And I think that's why Inky says that he and football found each other. Oh, because, yeah. you know, that guy found him. And once they found each other, he knew it was his way to get out. Oh. It was an opportunity to get out. He wanted to make a better life for his mom and his family. He wasn't the tallest five foot nine, 160. So for football, that's, that's kind of you know, light. Yeah. yeah. He wasn't the fastest, strongest. He didn't have the resources, like I said, to make it big, but he was a scrapper who had heart. He talks about how perspective drives performance. I want to write that. Like, mm-hmm, I'm yeah. tempted to do a temporary tattoo. Yeah, I Perspective, like that. yeah, drives performance. And people burn out because they forget their why. They forget why they're doing something. And Inky never forgot his why. He wanted to play football so he could buy his mom a house and make a better path for his oh, family. Yeah. Which I just think is the sweetest. He'd get up and run at 5 in the morning before practice then he'd be the last person on the field. When his mom would show up after her, you know, working a double shift at Wendy's to pick him up, it was late. She'd um, be in their beat-up car, and Inky would ask her if she'd turn on the headlights so he could run a few more drills.
0: Wow. I know. Long That's day amazing. for this kid. I mean-
1: That's dedication. And she was exhausted. I mean, the poor woman's been working a double shift and I just can't imagine how tired she was. I'm sure it was the last thing in the world she wanted to do. But she turned on the lights and she never told him no. I just think it's super sweet. She'd let him go out there and, you know, run some W drills and get a few extra sprints. His mom had him when she was just sixteen. So really she was still a kid too. Yeah. One day was in the cafeteria and a school officer came up to him and asked, what's your plan, little man? And already, <clears throat> yeah. I find that extremely condescending. Yeah. When Inky responded that he just wanted to play D1 ball, the officer came back with a maybe cell block D1 oh. and then he walked off. Wow. Yeah. Makes me bad just thinking yeah. about it. Inky followed him and very respectfully, you know, sir, what do you, what do you mean? And the officer told Inky that he knew his family and then reminded Inky that many of his uncles were serving sentences for 10, 20, 30, 40 years wow. and said the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Clearly that officer needed some courses in psychology. Yeah. <sighs> but anyway, um... Fast forward, Inky would be the one that would go on to study psychology, and he'd become a motivational speaker, but that's just an interesting, fun fact. Inky was well aware that no one in his family had been to college. Few of them had even graduated from high school, but he was determined to break the curse. He was elated to get a scholarship to the University of Tennessee, and when they, you know, let him know, he said he didn't even have to go to campus to check it out. He was just happy to get accepted. I can't imagine how excited he must have been to see his work and plans right. you know, finally come to fruition. Tennessee did want him to at least come check out the campus. It was the first time he'd ever been on an airplane, and he told the story of one of the restrooms in the airport. He was washing his hands and noticed a sign in the bathroom that asked for you to wipe out the sink and leave it better than you found it. Which reminds me a lot of camping.
0: Oh, yeah. And when you camp, you're supposed to leave it. Pick up some extra trash. Exactly.
1: Leave it better than you started. And that left quite an impression on him that he's still talking about it today. And he uses it in many facets of his life. And now that he's reminded me of that, I think I'm going to work on that as well. It wasn't only the first time he was on an airplane. They also put him up in a hotel room at the Marriott. And there's this kid showing him around the campus and asked... Inky, if he wanted to go to a barbecue, oh, yeah. or if he wanted to go watch a baseball game, or go to a sorority party, this was after a day of, you know, checking out the football stuff, and Inky asked if it was all right if his guy just dropped him off at the hotel, so, and to the guy, it just seemed odd, he was happy to oblige, but he asked Inky if he was feeling all right. He said he was feeling better than all right. It was the first time he had slept in a bed by himself.
0: Oh my god! And he just
1: wanted to take it all. He in want him. to enjoy it again. Yes,
0: <laughs> more sleep yes. in the bed. And
1: as a mom, getting alone mom time is huge. I can't imagine a young person, yeah, you with that impact is yeah, huge. So, can you guess the first person outside of his family that he went to tell the news of his scholarship to a D1 school? I feel like I'm doing um, Inky
0: Johnson trivia. <laughs> I, no, I, I don't would, I would think maybe mom, but I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm sure... I'm she, sure was she was on the list, list. Yeah. but yeah.
1: But after family, he went and told that police officer in the Oh, yes. Room. The officer said he was using it as a way to push Inky to prove him wrong. Oh. And Inky, you know, now in his talks is just so incredibly ga- gracious that he accepts that as an answer yeah and i'm still cranky about it it didn't even affect me in any way but i'm just extremely disappointed in in that type of right. behavior especially
0: people working with kids yes you exactly. want
1: kids to be encouraged exactly i just think we can't ever give up on our children and to expect yeah. them to fail is only setting them up when they don't believe in themselves you know if, right. if we don't believe in them they're not going to either that whole subject's gonna have to be another podcast, but the onry side of me is so happy that he had the opportunity to go tell him just yeah. how wrong he was <laughs> he had been. yep So he had an exceptional run at the University of Tennessee minus those orange jerseys. everything's super orange. Oh yeah. Um, his coach helped put together a tape to send to the scouting world, which I think Jerry McGuire. Okay. I'm not sure at all how it works, yeah. but his coach taped portions of his first two games of the season where Inky had nine touchdowns. So one day his coach, you know, told him that he was on track to graduate in three years, and he was going to be at the top wow. thirty draft. That's picks. crazy. Yeah, yeah. He was just, you know have to go out and play the next 10 games of the season and he'd pretty much have it made for the NFL. So, of course, he calls his mom and his grandma and he said they had made it. He was going to make sure that they never slept on pallets again. Wow. How sweet is that? So he's a couple of games into that. Tennessee was playing against Air Force. They were in the fourth quarter with two minutes left in the game and I guess Tennessee was ahead. Everything had been normal that night. He prepared for the game with... I Can Feel It in the Air Tonight by Phil Collins.
0: Yeah. Do you remember that song? I do. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember that. I'm not going to
1: make you sing it. but No, 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 no. I, no. We don't
0: want that. It's interesting
1: a Phil Collins song would be his, like, pump-up song. But mm-hmm. Tennessee was having a good game. With only two minutes to go, he pushed in on a guy and instantly fell to the ground, passing out briefly. Oh. When he came to, his teammates were surrounding him, telling him to get up, and he couldn't. They took him off the field on a stretcher and rushed him into surgery. He had barely woken up when he noticed the head doctor kind of jogging back to his room, and they said they needed to rush Inky back into the operating room. Don't ask me how, but he had determined that Inky had ruptured a subclavian artery in his chest, and he was bleeding internally. So the doctor explained that he'd be dead in the morning if they didn't go operate and repair it. When they took out the main vein in his left leg to plug it into his chest, that's when they discovered the nerve damage to his right shoulder. So when Inky wakes up from the surgery, the doctor said he had good and bad news. The good news was that they had saved his life. And I think that's totally mean to preface with good and bad news because, of course, he knew he was alive. You know, he was awake. Sure. But then he informed Inky that he had torn a nerve in that tackle that connects the shoulder, arms, and fingers to the spine. Most likely, he'd never play football again. Of course, Inky, who had always been a scrapper, didn't right. believe him.
0: Sure, I yeah.
1: I mean, he trusted the doctor, but this guy had already survived so much, and he was sure that with hard work, he'd come back. After all, he knew he had never cheated. He got there through sheer grit and determination. Right. You know, just his drive was basically what got him there, and he thought that would get him better. His coach came to visit soon after the surgery and asked how he was doing, and he said coach i'm blessed.
0: Oh, i love that.
1: Yeah, i mean the, look at that. What young man says that. I just i i love this guy. It took him a good 2 years to finally accept that he wasn't going to gain feeling in that right arm again and the doctors had told him that it might take him 2 years for it to to gain feeling. They yeah. they said it was unlikely for it to happen, but i think he kept holding on to hope that it might happen in that time. So by the end of 2 years he had decided it wasn't going to happen. I just can't imagine the disappointment he must have felt. That's a long time to be in limbo. Yeah, to wait. Yeah. His grandma had always reminded him to have a grateful heart, having gratitude in advance, being grateful, even when you're struggling and being thankful when you're on the other side of it, always preparing for the next challenge.
0: Mm.
1: So I thought that was, you know, he was constantly thinking of that his grandma's lessons and then his mom had also taught him to always finish whatever he started and reminded him that when you give up, it isn't just affecting you. This lesson was well before his injury, but I think it was ingrained so much in him because he didn't give up that dream to make a difference in the lives of his for his family. I'm sure it took time, but Inky made a decision to find the positive. He talks about how experiences can't be wasted. The things that happen to you actually happen for you. I just love that twist on it. The challenges in life are seeds of opportunity for good. Inky's football career might have ended that night, but his ability to help his mom and change the trajectory of his family didn't. He might not have played a single game in the NFL, but he changed the lives of three of his cousins simply by his example They needed one person in the family to break that curse. Right. And that, you know, that person was Inky, even if it wasn't how he planned it. He didn't just inspire his cousins. An NFL player named Eric Berry and Inky had a bond strong enough that Berry picked 29 for his jersey when he played for the Kansas City Chiefs. They had attended the University yeah. of Tennessee. They never played together because Inky was older. And Inky saw Eric Berry as a little brother. Oh. Kind of, you know, little yeah. little brother. Berry definitely saw Inky as a mentor. And when Berry was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, it's no surprise that Inky was a huge support and reminded him to treat chemo like getting through camp back oh. in the day. He said, bro, <laughs> we're going to treat this like camp. Every single day you show up. You're going to handle your business, and you're going to beat it. Which I just love that. Inky ran into Barry one day at church and asked how 2-9 was doing. His hair was falling out, but his spirit seemed strong. He told Inky that he was good and getting through it, which he did, and he returned to football. Inky wouldn't... Be who he is today without that tragic accident in September 2006. It's a reminder that life's a blessing, a gift that can't be wasted. He's helping people work on their how, their why, yeah, what. Those are bigger, bigger, broader thoughts. You know. yeah. Much, much bigger reach than just playing for the NFL. That would be over after right. a matter of years, but he can affect people forever. He's reminding people to start from the inside to bless others. And what a blessing he's been for sure to other people. I saw a video where he almost cried as his son dressed up at his school wax museum thing. I, oh. I hadn't even heard of this thing until you okay. mentioned it. Yeah. <laughs> but so his son dressed up as Inky Sr., oh. and he's sitting there telling the story, you know, as oh. people walk up. Oh, and it's just that's so cool. Oh my gosh, you got to YouTube it. It's adorable. Yeah. Talk about a compliment for your son to admire you that much right. that he's going to dress up as you for oh. the wax museum. He's definitely broken the cycle, that curse for sure, and is helping others too. His list of clients is huge. Wow. It's easy to see why. Coca Cola, Dell, AT and T, State Farm, Bank of America, all sorts of professional sports teams and college teams too, including University of Oregon. That's awesome. I loved seeing That's the Ducks on the list. If you want to be inspired, just go watch any of his speeches or talks on YouTube. I watched an interview on Pivot Podcast, and I loved how often he used the word cat. (gasps) I think I'm going to start borrowing it. I can't get away saying bro. Right. I mean, unless I'm reading a quote, but I can be like, hey, this cat was talking to me. And he, he uses it as like, and maybe I can't get away with it. But he uses it as like endearing way to reference, you know, buddies or friends yeah. or whatever it's um it sounds kind of jazzy to me. Yeah, exactly. That's why I like it, I think. Mm-hmm. And I also signed up for his weekly inspiration That's cute. <laughs> Isn't that I love that play on words. <laughs> Very cute. So once a week you get a text from Inky to start your week off. The number's 404-948-5613 just in case you want to um get some inspiration. I, I personally just can't get enough of this guy. His attitude impresses me, and I'm thrilled that he's working with so many clients because he is definitely changing the world.
0: That's so awesome.
1: The one thing we all have in common is that we will encounter adversity, but we have to decide how we respond to it. My arm and my hand are paralyzed, but my heart isn't. My heart isn't. My dedication isn't. My work ethic isn't. My commitment isn't. Inky Johnson. When a girlfriend at work suggested a woman who had fallen two miles from the sky
0: Gosh. into
1: a South American rainforest oh, no, no. and survived,
0: That's I was intrigued, yeah, to say the sure. least.
1: And I love getting suggestions, hint, hint, <laughs> for the podcast. I, I really want people to join our Facebook group uh, and give us some suggestions for people out there that right. we have no idea and I'd love to learn about. But. It helps get me out of my usual circle, you know, things that I'm aware of. And it helps me find new areas of inspiration. So, send us a note. But not only did this woman survive a two-mile fall from the sky, she stayed alive 11 days in the jungle, searching for anyone who might be able to help her. The book, When I Fell from the Sky, by Julianne Koch was hard to put down. The story of this woman's life even inspired a documentary that you can find on YouTube called oh. Wings of Hope. I had to watch it after reading the book just to get an idea of the landscape. Yeah, how to see, see what that, that she's looks like. Yeah, because yeah. the the pictures in the book are all black and white, so it's still hard to visualize it. But And the YouTube is it, pretty much very similar to the book, so if you don't have time to read the book, yeah, it's good. But Her parents were both zoologists. Her mom, Maria Koch, was Peru's leading ornithologist, which I guess studies birds. Okay, yeah. And Hans Wilhelm Koch was an expert in life forms in animals and plants. The dedication and passion of her parents in their fields was admirable for sure. And I think Julianne got the same drive, inherited it, and learned it from her parents. To begin with, her mother had her doctorate, and this was at a time where that was unheard of shortly after World War II. Wow. And because they were Germans, it was f- hard to find work after the war. It wasn't easy for her father, especially, to find employment outside of Germany or in Germany, for that matter, in the field that he wanted to get into. But he told his daughter that if you want to be a biologist, you have to learn to sacrifice. He wrote to universities and programs for a job in Peru and was ecstatic to get a letter back with a job offer. The only problem was the travel part. Made it almost impossible to get there because, you know, of his German passport. and the book discusses his trek to find a ship to make it to wow. South America and talk about tenacious. So many people made empty promises to him. He was constantly disappointed. One time he was even put in prison after he was discovered in a salt crate, he oh. smuggled into this crate and he was making his way to Uruguay constantly praying for the walls of the jail to collapse and they actually did so he outsmarted the prison guards they're taking off looking for him he's hiding in the ferns and then only travels at night so it was a three-year adventure and then he finally arrives in South America and the job you know was no longer available he still asked but it wasn't available her mother would eventually make her way to follow, and Julianne talked about a time her parents bought a shark at the local market. When they cut it open, there was a human hand. Oh. That's how remote this area was. Yeah. Remote and dangerous. The love her mother had for birds, just so sweet. Sometimes they'd hatch Tinnemus chicks, and they'd feed them with an egg dropper that had a concoction of, um, they mixed hard-boiled eggs, ground meat, and a vitamin formula. I know, very sweet. Disgusting, but very sweet. They also had a family pet. It was a multicolored parrot, Tobias, who they called Bio. Bio was actually part of the family before Julianne was born, and was extremely jealous of her when she (gasps) came around. Bio (gasps) was also a neat freak. So, he hated his cage to be dirty, and he'd make a sound to use the toilet, oh. the human toilet, wow. when he had to, to That's use That's amazing. Isn't it? I know. So, the childhood this girl had was unique for sure, and that helped her survive so long in the jungle, really. I'd have died at the first sight of a bird-eating spider. Heart attack, like right there and collapsed. I would be dead. But she knew stay calm and walk away. And I really I had to look up bird-eating spider because spider, so yeah. It's like the largest spider on the planet. It not not it's like a large tarantula. Yeah. Um wow. Yeah, definitely not, and I guess they jump. They don't attack humans. I don't think they attack birds, but they will scavenge on them. Or, or I, I, don't, I don't know. But I don't want to think about on, that yeah, tonight. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's the stuff that nightmares are made of. It's perfect that it's right before Halloween. Right. And to back up a little bit, so they, part of, at the time they were in Lima, but they also were opening up this, like, research center in South America, and her mother was so anxious to get back home to see her husband, but Julianne was finishing high school and wanted to... go to you know all the ceremonies and stuff so she scheduled a flight on an airline that the father had prohibited i mean to the fact to the point where when they said that they had had this crash he's like oh my family can't be on there because i i told her not to fly on lanza so he he was yeah shocked that she had flown because they had a terrible track record i guess it was the plane that they were in first off was called mateo puma chow after a national hero who fought for peru's independence and was later captured and executed
0: Whoa.
1: so already kind of bad luck but it was also the last plane that this company lonza had in use and it was put together with just scraps of other planes Whoa. so that's not technically why it crashed it was hit by a lightning or okay. by a lightning bolt but Still, it pretty much fell apart. And Julianne remembered two young Americans joking that they hoped the plane wasn't quartered too, like this um, proving hero. Her account of the nosedive is chilling. She was the one sole survivor. And like I said, they said possibly fourteen people survived the crash, but she was the only person that survived the bout in the in the jungle. She woke up in the jungle, on the jungle floor, and she had no idea what was going on. She thought she'd been thrown from the plane, and the right. remaining passengers, you know, had made an emergency landing. So she came across a section of three seats, and the victims are still strapped in, and it's just, you know, their feet yeah. sticking out. And this poor girl, she's 17, she walks over, fearing it's her mom. She uses a stick to move the feet, and she's relieved to see that the toes are painted, because she knew her mom would definitely not paint her toenails. So looking up at the canopy, you couldn't see a thing. She heard planes overhead looking for the wreckage, but the forest was so dense they couldn't see through the trees. On her fourth day in the jungle, she hears flapping large wings, like the wings of a king vulture, and she's oh. disheartened.
0: She has biologists as parents. Right, so she's aware of what yes. all these creatures yeah, are. Exactly. Self, yeah, exactly. still.
1: And she knows that they scavenge, so she knows that they're probably... Yeah, a very sad realization for her. On December 28th, so remember they were flying on Christmas Eve. On December 28th, her gold confirmation watch stops for good. And I think it's pretty amazing that it survived the crash to begin with. Yeah, Her father had picked out her confirmation motto, which was, Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver, and her profit is better than gold that proverb was the very reason she survived so many days in the jungle without the knowledge and wisdom her parents had given her she wouldn't be alive she knew to follow the water a lot of times she'd just follow the current she'd let the water because her parents had told her you know eventually you'll come to a town if you just follow the water she knew that the jungle was full of poisonous things when she heard you know these screeching baby caimans she wasn't scared of the babies but she was well aware that mama wouldn't be too far away so she definitely got out of there and apparently i learned this too it's safer just to be in a current since piranhas uh, attack in still water oh so if you're in the current it's it's much safer like i said I would not have survived a single
0: night. Right, the anxiety. Yes,
1: exactly. <laughs> heart attack, heart attack. She had maggots. Oh. They were crawling around her wounds because she had, you know, some huh. wounds from the crash. One time she dug 30 of them out. She had to call it good at that point. She was uh, sunburned, hungry, likely dehydrated, and she never gave up, maggots and all, when she wow. found, she finally found like a fisherman's place and she doused it with gasoline because she knew these secrets, being right. the child of some scientists, and she knew that nuggets would exit and excrete from the gasoline. So can you imagine? I mean, she's 17 yeah. and doing wow. that. Wow! But she wouldn't have survived those 11 days without the education her parents gave her. And the confirmation motto for sure couldn't have been more perfect. People need to read the book or at least watch yeah. the film to know how she was finally rescued. I won't share that. But I will share that she was flown to a hospital by Jerry Cobb in a two engine islander plane. And Cobb was the first female trained astronaut, which I kinda looked oh, that okay. up.
0: Okay, we really need cool. to That's yeah, cool.
1: It's cool, but it's also very sad because they told these women, you know, they oh. implied that they were gonna be astronauts and then it was like, Okay, thank you, but no thank you. So okay. we'll eventually have to look into right. these ladies that were part of the astronaut program. But that was, I mean, just yeah. cool take on it. Heartbreaking story for sure. But I love so much that she just wouldn't give up. And she didn't, she, you know, it didn't stop her from following in their footsteps. Yeah. Her traversing the Amazon jungle in the flimsy dress that she yeah. had from her, the dance the night before in a single shoe. Definitely a miracle, for sure, and a reminder to remain hopeful even when our situations seem bleak. That was good. After we come out of the storm, we shouldn't be the same individual that walked into it. That's what the storms, opposition, and adversity are about. Inky Johnson.
0: Thanks for listening to Tangential Inspiration. We really want to hear from you. Email us your comments or story suggestions at tangentialinspiration at gmail.com or leave a comment on our website, tangentialinspiration.com. Our website has all our podcast episodes, show notes, stories, follow-ups, and links to websites and books we
1: talk about. Like and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app, and you can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Have a great week.